and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we started a new K-drama. We watched the first two episodes of The Worst of Evil. Oh my god. Um, I feel like we can curse as much as we want in these episodes, because we're setting a precedence. Adults only. Adults only. The first five minutes, I guess the whole first episode, it was a little bit much. It was almost too much for me. It was some back-to-back violence. It's not just, like, violence. It's, like, violent crime in the seedy underbelly of... of, uh, I think at this point, we're focused pretty hardcore on, like, Gangnam? Gangnam? Wow. <laughs> we just, in our pre-show ramble, talked about how I pronounce everything like shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're doing okay. Because we know what you're saying. Yeah, Gangnam. Gangnam. And, um, yeah. The focus is there. There were a lot of other places thrown in there. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can review those together, see how everything came together. But, uh, damn. It was... I don't want to say storyless violence because I get it. I get why all of it was happening, but it's very just like kind of greed. People fighting over getting more money, getting more things. I think the first fight that I was rooting for someone was when Ji Changwook's character, who has a name, Junmu? Yes, Junmu. Junmo. Mo. Yep. Nah. Junmo. It's hard not to just call him Ji Changwook. Um, yeah. Junmo. <laughs> like, goes into Gichol's, I don't know what to call it, his office, and fights everyone. And it's a very, like, layered, he's proving himself, he's playing a character, he's trying to show these guys that he is about finding his dead cousin when we know he is absolutely not. It's a very, like, like I said, it's very layered, it's very tense, and you're just rooting for him so much in that fight that I was interested. I was all about it. Every other fight is a lot. It's so much violence. It's so much violence. And it's like, you don't really care about anyone on I like either side of the violence for 90% of those fights. Yeah, except that pretty much that one with Ji Chung Wook. Yeah. And everyone else is going up against each other and you're just kind of hoping they all die a little bit. They're all <laughs> terrible people here. It's... You also said this in the pre-show ramble. It's hard to separate the character from the actor. Yeah. Maybe you said this <laughs> even before we started recording at all. But We Ha Jun is We Ha Jun. So yeah, yeah we- you're going to root for him. <laughs> yeah, the thing about me is that while we watch this drama, I'm also going to become very unlikable because the whole drama is going to be me just being such an apologist for... <laughs> <laughs> we had Jin's character and like justifying loving him and hoping he just like makes a turnaround, right? Like he is the the bad guy and in my mind I'm like maybe it's going to be like Fast and Furious, right? Where um a cop goes undercover but then he becomes part of a family. <laughs> See, that's where I'm at, because I was like, good for you for rooting for the bad guy, but hoping that he turns good. I I think most of our listeners know at this point that I'm the toxic one who's always just like, I love a hot, terrible person, <laughs> a hot baddie. Um, yeah, 
And so part of me, my bias is Ji Chang Wan. So part of me was just like, I hope he turns and <laughs> joins the club and just goes full rogue because I want to see it. I love a hot baddie. A hot baddie, yeah. And the thing is, is that I say I hope he has a turnaround, but we know that he w- he won't, and I won't even care because it's <laughs> we hot June. But also, as a character, there is no redemption for this man. He, like, so far we've gotten very little story from him, very little of what he's about. He's just seemingly a greedy guy after a bunch of money. And he's like, I got my, I got my bros from childhood. That's cute. We love loyalty. We love a little band of friends. But they have no reason for doing what they're doing besides growing up in a place where they saw a lot of money and a lot of opportunity to get more of it. Yep. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I got my bros and I'm gonna get them into organized crime. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. And then it's one thing if if the organized crime was the... Because the original crime boss was obviously a bad person, but he did seem to have a moment where he drew the line and said, but you know what we won't do? We won't bury all of our clubs underneath a pile of meth. And Gichol said, no, no, because that's where the money is, is where the meth, <laughs> if we if we put everyone in just terrible, if we just convince everyone that a little bit of meth is fine, and then everyone's mega addicted to meth, can you imagine how rich we would be? <laughs> yeah. I like that this show has so many of those moments that show, obviously... How much do I know about mob practices? But at least from the very little I do know from watching a lot of TV, it's they have a lot of those moments where it's like the old school mob bosses versus the new age ones. And all of these practices that you're like, did they really break people's kneecaps? Oh, yep, they absolutely do. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. And I think they have so many subtleties like that that are really interesting that keep you keep you interested in like oh let's see how all these mobsters interact with each other i really like the the almost highest up mob boss in busan i didn't write his name but the oldest guy mm-hmm. especially when he has that moment to turn on gichol and he does he decides to like take the money turn on gichol and it goes south and then he's like okay we're going to kill him we're just going to cut him off but some one of his men is like, you got to call your, like, quote-unquote brother in Japan and tell him. And we know from a previous conversation that that guy freaking loves Gichol. And why wouldn't he? He's a cutie. So it's like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Who's the Japanese guy going to choose? Is he going to be like, yeah, that's my brother. I'll do whatever you need to do. Like, you take out Gichol. Or is he going to side with Gichol and turn this all around? Oh, I'm stoked. I'm interested. It could go any direction at this point. And then we've got the undercover cop stuck b- between it all. What I will... Actually, on that note, can we talk about how bad he is at going undercover? And I what? don't know if it was like a... So he's like playing the part just fine. But I guess from my understanding, and my I will say my... My only understanding of what it takes to be an undercover cop comes from media as well. It's not like I'm like, I'm aware 
that this is how this works from, from any our time kind in of, the FBI. We know, right. <laughs> like, there's no real experience. There's no real research done here. But I, I think when someone goes undercover, one of the first things that happens is that their family is like debriefed, right? Or I guess like they're given like the whatever is able to be given to them about what's going on with the situation, which is to say, like, you go so deep undercover that you don't really, like, see or talk to your family, but your family is aware of the fact that, like, you're doing something else. Like, you cannot be around because of your job. Like, you're, you're going undercover. So that... And so I just thought it was, like, the stupidest thing that his cop wife was not told by him or anyone, like, hey, we're sending him to do this, and you can't speak to him. Like, he's going deep undercover. He has to play the part. You can't speak to him. He's gonna live away from you. You can't contact him. You guys can't send each other voice memos. You guys can't have each other on, like, fucking speed dial. I'm pretty sure that's not how it works yeah. if you're gonna go undercover. And he talked, he, like, kept sending her little voice memos, and he kept, like, he met up with her, which is ridiculous. Like, the worst (laughs) thing you could do is meet up with your wife, who's also a cop, while you're undercover. That's so stupid. Two things you don't want to (laughs) do. Two people you did not want to meet with while you're undercover. Yeah. Like, anyone who's a cop and your family, because (laughs) either way, someone's getting compromised. Yes, that, because I want to give them credit where I think earlier in the episode, they had a moment where they said, this is an unprecedented thing. I think they were like, nobody goes undercover. This is, you are the first person to ever go undercover. Oh, okay, it's the 90s. (laughs) Yeah, I think, like, that is, that was my interpretation of some of the comments that were made. So I get if they did a bad job in that regard. I think it's absolutely ridiculous as a husband to not, to just not tell you, to not yeah. talk to her, to be like, yeah. I'm, I'm just a lonely screw up and I should do this for the promotion to impress her family. And she just won't understand. She'll talk me out of it. So I got to do it. I'll surprise her next year with my big promotions. Yeah. Like, what's the fucking plan? Yeah. You're just not going to, are you going to ghost your wife? You're going to ghost because your wife? That's no. wild. He's like, no, I'll call her every day and just tell her a lie. I'll just tell her I'm out on a mission. And like... For a year. You think that's going to work, you giant dumbass? Like, I I hated that. Because she is such a nice person and she deserves better. She deserves way better. He is an idiot. And she... He's a dummy for that. She really went to bat for him with her family, too. Like, she is a good person who's like, hey, how about my older brothers shut their mouths and mind their business? And, yeah, I guess I'm just team, like, it's completely insane how he's handling the whole- He is not good at being undercover in its entirety. He's doing fine with, like, infiltrating and whatever. It's all of the other parts that he's doing a very bad job. Just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels, I think it's not entirely his fault, but it's a lot his fault. And that sucks. (laughs) Why would you ever meet your wife? Why would you ever not be like, hey, 
yeah, I'm ghosting you. Like, that's that's better somehow to be like, yeah. I just cannot. I will not be calling you. You will not know where I am. I'll see you in six months. Like, just trust me. Would be somehow marginally better than being like, um, hey, babe, I'm out on a mission, so I'll call you later. Oh, sure, you want to meet up for lunch? I'll see you then. Like, fucking don't. She's gonna die. She's gonna be gonna die. Yeah. Because you're doing, yeah. So, you're doing so dumb. You're doing so dumb. You're doing dumb. You're doing dumb. (laughs) We can't stand it. But, uh, your wife is maybe my favorite character, so I guess more of her is great. I am. So, something also that makes me insanely anxious, a a little, little plot not even twist, just a little plot aspect that they dropped in at the end of episode two is that she's the first love of Geechul. It had to be something, though. It did. It. I hate it. I hate it, but it had, like, they had yeah. to. They had to. It. They made him too beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to give single. him the same love interest as... The main character, the protagonist, Ju Cheng Wook. Both the same love interest and someone he's been holding a candle for for 15 years. Like, yeah. never has let go. He's got that necklace. He thinks about it <laughs> daily. I hate that so much. I also so hate... I hate putting it in perspective of the first scene, like the those first five minutes of the hallway with the bloody oh, really? battle. And he shows up with her. And he also panics when, you know, she is taken into a chokehold in those first couple of minutes. And there was a part of me that wanted it to be because he... (laughs) See, I'm so... I'm so toxic. I was like, because it's his best friend's wife. Oh, that's really nice. And he cares now. And he's part of their family now. Now I'm that's pretty sure way it's better, he, actually. he's in love with her. So yeah, and that's, your thing's better. Yeah, he's in love with her and brought her to that situation, seemingly. And also, I don't know. The, ugh, it's a mess. Should we take guesses right now on which episode that was? Which episode that's a scene from? I'm going to say that episode is. So there's twelve episodes. Oh yeah. Okay. I think that that was a scene from episode 10. Whoa, that late? See, I think I went that late when it was first playing. And, and then we get the flashback and it's like two years ago. I was like, okay, so that's that's the last episode. That's going to be episode 12 when everyone dies. Cool. But there's a part of me that both trusts K-dramas and just doesn't want it to be that late where I just... I hate spoilers so much that I just really want it to be like episode five. I want it to be like, even before the halfway point, we're going to show you this because we're not going to betray all of our endgame cards in the first two minutes of the show. No, no, no. This happens early on. And what happens after is even wilder. You won't even know. You don't know who's going to be alive at the end because you haven't seen them. Since that scene at the five minutes at the beginning of episode one and everything past then, they don't have main character armor. Any of these, any of these mofos could die. Anyone. Okay. Like, that's what I want. I want it to be before the halfway mark. Just 
Just so there's a little more tension. Like you said, they take away that plot armor. There's a little more tension. And I just want to know what happens. I want to know what's going on and what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think that really... I I just feel like that felt like a... And now we're... I'm sure you're wondering how I ended up... Like, record screech. Sure, you're wondering how I ended up here. And then that's... Yeah. I, I feel like it's not... I do not think it's the last episode. But I do think it's late game. And then anything could happen in episodes 11 and 12, right? That's when the plot armor comes off. That's when, you know, the baddie could die at any time, the main character could die at any time, the wife could die at any time. That's fair. You've got to be right. I just, I don't like knowing. I don't like having that scene in my head without context for that long. Because right now, it's just playing on repeat. The expressions of all of them, like, what do they mean? What's going on? I will say that when I first saw that scene, there was a part of me that was like, well, it's gotta be Endgame because everyone's just having the world's most violent, bloody battle in a hallway <laughs> with, like, metal pipes and machetes and shit. And then I realized in the first two episodes that that seems <laughs> to be pretty common occurrence, actually, because it just kind of happens another time definitively. Like, they've had other hallway yeah. fights balcony hallway fights where people were getting their skulls shattered on the next floor down but yeah i i in my mind i was like oh wow yeah if a a battle that bloody that's got to be super late game and now i've realized that that's just like you know every every couple days for these guys it's three times an episode at least (laughs) yeah there is no recovery period. It is just fight, fight, fight. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> it's getting really violent. I think one thing that I thought would take longer, would delay some of the pacing for one of the big fights, would be the little coup that we thought was happening, where one of the right-hand men starts to turn against Gichol. And it, I believed it. I bought it. I don't know any of these guys. How can I trust them? Made me nervous instantly. And then he's like, actually, we're doing this tonight. We're doing the whole raid tonight. And I was like, hasn't it been a day since you talked to that man? I don't I don't think it was because there were a whole lot of people that had to be talked to first. But still, it was very fast. Immaculate planning. The best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This party planning committee, they have it together. <laughs> they know what they're doing. They threw together a party super fast. <laughs> And it was pretty explosive. Wild. Wild. But it worked out. I really liked that that was not a betrayal. I feel like it reinforced the brotherhood that this gang has. Which is maybe the only thing I like about them. Second to Weehajun's face. You know? (laughs) It goes Weehajun's face, brotherhood, nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) No other redeemable (laughs) qualities. Thank you. Full list. Um... But yeah, what? Why are there so many fights? There's I so can't fights. do it. <laughs> yeah, and it's not so. I in my mind, I also think, oh, fights like the K two that are very choreographed and very martial arts based and very you know punch punch kick knockout. And this is very much like all of the fights are final battle status. There's so much blood. There's so much. You can hear bones breaking. You can hear people being changed, going through life-changing <laughs> injuries. Oh, no. 
know. Maybe that's also why I liked the fight where Junmo goes into the office because it's more dynamic. Like he's throwing the paper, he's getting up on desks, he's doing a lot more flips, a lot more flying kicks where you're like, it's unnecessary, but it's super fun to watch. Whereas there's not really room for that when there are 600 men fighting each other. With it's metal just pipes. <laughs> a metal pipe to the back of the head. Yeah. Ooh. Woof. I can't do it. <laughs> Give me more Weijong. What's she up to? What is she doing? What? How is she? What's How her is life she like? In all this? <laughs> I want to know. I do. I will say one of my favorite things in any movies. One of my favorite themes is a good con, and this show has a good con. Like the stakes are high. We are undercover in a very dangerous group of people, and like. He's doing such a good job. He's nailing his part. Acting just a little unhinged, finding the soft spot in Gichol's heart for his friend who died, and, and pushing that soft spot just, just <laughs> enough. It's me, the cousin of the brother that you loved. I'm not here to take your money. I'm here for revenge for my cousin who I loved more than you loved him. It's like, so, ooh, good play. Yeah. Okay, he's buying it. He's taking the bait. That that hook is in there. You hooked him. You hooked him. Now just don't meet your wife. Okay, now you two are in a love triangle together. Not great. optimal. D- really great. Really great. You've done... You got yourself 50% of the way and no further. <laughs> <laughs> you really stalled out. For just a minute, maybe you'll get further eventually. I I usually hate love triangles, but I'm interested in this one. I think maybe the violence was just so much for me that I was like, I'll take literally anything else. Make it drama, make it spice. Just do anything else. <laughs> I'd rather watch six more fights like that nah. than go through this love triangle. <laughs> I hate a love triangle. <laughs> it's gonna be a rough one. Like, compared to any normal love triangle, this is... This is a bad one. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I, those fights were rough, but I am so ill-equipped to deal with a love triangle. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I just, it stresses me out so bad. I'm so tired already. That's fair, though. No, like, I could watch the scene in the car with Park Junmo and Jungi-chul just kind of watching each other, and Junmo going, Junmo going through those expressions. Oh, the tense, the tensity, the tenseness, the ten, tense moment. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. Awful. Awful. Such good expressions. No words need to be said. Just, oh, so much is going to happen with that. I'm going to be mad every time. I'm so (laughs) sorry. I'm going to bring that energy every time. I'm going to, we're going to walk into an episode of the podcast and I'm going to be like, all right. So here's what I hated, and it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the love triangle every week. It, I'm so sorry in advance. Like I said, I can tell that this show is going to make me toxic. It turns out in a lot of ways. First of all, <laughs> Wee Ha Jun. Second of all, <laughs> love triangles. Fair. I get it. I think everyone will cut you some slack. It's going to be a rough, rough love triangle. Um, can I reveal a little toxic secret if we're bringing back the, like, why are Emily Raquel toxic? I have the tiniest, tiniest crush on the knife guy. 
I don't know I, why. <laughs> I, okay, so here, let me meet you where you're at, because it's not a crush for me, but there is a part of me where I'm like, he might be my favorite character, and he might be the worst one of all of them. Like, yes! Like, I think there, uh, the thing is, is that I think it's kind of cool that he is mysterious and knows how to fight with my- knives, right? Yeah. So my lizard brain is like, that's a cool guy. That's cool guy. And he's like, I would do anything to kill a person and sell some meth. And I'm like, it's a terrible motivator, but you're a cool guy. <laughs> you look so cool doing it with your sunglasses at night. Like, I can't yes. help but support you, even though you killed a fifth grader. Like, what? Why? Why would I ever be on your team? You are the worst possible human, and yet you start fighting. And I'm like, oh, I think... I think maybe any semblance of loyalty just is, like, straight to my heart. Yeah. Straight touches my soul, where he meets up with Gichol, and they just have, like, this tentative agreement to work together to overthrow the boss. And I... You can't get a read on Knife Guy at all. You can't get a read on him. So you're... There was part of me that was expecting, when is the turnaround? When is... Even the part where he starts gauging who's winning the fight to decide whose side he's on. Like, you're waiting for him to start that analysis and be like, hold up, whose team am I really on? Because I'm just going to be on the Stronger Ones team. He never has that. He is instantly Gichol's guy. He is like, I've picked my side, and here is where I will stay. It's so good. Yep, I love it. I love it. I love a found family. (laughs) Yes, they're a found family. And these two psychopaths have found each other, and they are a family. <laughs> they deserve each other. They are on the same level in terms of disregard for human life or well-being. Yeah. And look at them go. Look at them go. <laughs> Machines. Machines. Ugh. Yep. Sucker for, sucker for a found family. And that's what the whole gang vibes currently have. And so, yep. It is a little bit, again, bring in those toxic vibes. Maybe I'm rooting for the gang. Maybe I'm rooting for the people pushing meth. Right. And you're like, maybe Jinmo could find a family with them who is not judgmental of his father. Like, he needs that. He needs someone to be like, you're not your father. When every one of his in-laws is like, you could be, though. You could be. Or you're actually probably worse for being so low-ranking in your job. You're probably worse than your father. Even his boss was gross about it. And that's, like, such a thing where I guess I will never understand, like, the K-drama tropes of even bosses being somehow aware of people's family situation and, like, holding that against a human being who is not the person making those choices where it's like, really? You're- that feels illegal, actually. Like, are you sure that you're even allowed to tell someone you won't be getting this promotion because your dad is an addict? Because that is really bad. That's really rough. I do think my brain automatically writes it off because it's in the 90s. Like, I guess Mm. anything pre-2030 is like, it's just a bad world we're living in. So (laughs) (laughs) I assume the future is going to be better. Yeah, hopefully. I'm sure by 2030, everyone will have their (laughs) shit together, right? Everyone will be fine, and nobody will ever hold a promotion hostage from someone just because of who their family is. (laughs) Okay, 
That'll be a 2030 goal. We will wipe <laughs> the slate clean and people will be good to each other. Yeah, one of the many goals that we've got a, a couple <laughs> years left, but I'm sure we'll get in there. SDGs are number one priority, but right down from that <laughs> is just people being decent to each other. <laughs> Let's put it on the list. Um, oh, uh, you know who I recognized immediately and loved because he plays a very similar character? Who? So there is the cop that loops in Junmo. Uh, his name is Do Hyung. Okay. And we know him. He, his name in the show is, is Do Hyung. Uh, but we know him from a K-drama called My Country, The New Age, where he played <gasps> a mysterious but very, very podcast favorite character named Cheeto. What? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, rec- like, I vaguely recognized him, but I didn't recognize him. I wasn't like, oh, that's my guy, Cheeto. What? Yeah, he <gasps> looks, he lo- I, He doesn't look like he's in a period piece currently, so that definitely, he does look Fair. like he's in the 90s period piece. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little different. Mm-hmm. But, wow. Yeah, a little who's that face. Sprinkle in a little who's that face. Yeah, it's hard when the two main faces are so recognizable. Yeah. It's. Nobody else even registered. Yeah, because for a second I was like, I think he was maybe a bad guy in something. And then I was like, no, he wasn't a bad guy in something. He was a good guy who felt like he could maybe be a bad guy and then became the most important person to us (laughs) in the whole show. Like, if anything happens to this person, we have to turn the show off. Oh my god. How did I forget him? It's probably... I looked it up. It's the facial hair. It changes a man for me. Mm-hmm. Completely different person. I do think I just did some My Country in the New Age spoilers, but they're pretty low level. They're pretty low level, I think. Yeah, I don't remember what you're talking about, if that helps. So. That's good. That's good. We'll leave it. Sorry if anyone was like, I wanted to go completely fresh into My Country the New Age a couple years after it came out. <laughs> We try not to do spoilers, but if we do, they're for really old stuff. Yep. Really old being like, I don't know, was that 2018? Yeah, they, there's been a couple years. I think that if there's been a couple years at that point, it's like, you're bound to find spoilers somewhere on the internet. We still won't do major ones, but maybe some like little soft ones, some soft spoilers, like Cheeto isn't a bad guy. Um, <laughs> we'll say it again for the people in the back if you <laughs> missed it. Go watch My Country, The New Age, just to listen to our episodes, mostly. <laughs> oh, what a, what, a, what a guy. I like that character. It's insane that it was like he and Jinmo are like brothers. They're very, very close. But he wouldn't go talk to the wife. Like, Yeah, I assume that's who she was calling. Yeah. yeah. I think she called his work first. She called Junmo's work and was like, hey, I haven't heard from him in a couple days. Is he still out on that job that you, you guys were doing? And they were like, what? He's out with asthma. <laughs> and she was like, not good. So I think, yeah, she called the other guy. But like, why didn't he call her first? Why is nobody calling the wife? Why is no one calling her? This is insane. You're doing a bad job. I, uh, shoot, there was something else I was going to say along those lines, too, about, yeah, never mind. We can talk about something else. It's left (laughs) my brain entirely. That's fair. 
I'm just scrolling through the cast list, seeing if I recognize anybody, but more importantly, being amazed at the amount of men in this show and the lack of women, which is just something we like to throw into every podcast that we do. Like, hey, just remember that women matter. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like a thing where we're like, wow, there is not women here. No women in this show, huh? Hmm. Okay. There's Professor Yoon. We met her. Seemed to be growing poppies. I assume that's why they wanted her. Oh, interesting opium. Yeah, that was my guess. I didn't even catch on to that. I was just like, oh, pretty flowers in the middle of the city. That's wild. (laughs) I did that at first. And literally, I only know what poppies look like from The Wizard of Oz. And I remember my parents having to explain what was happening and being like, Beautiful field of flowers, for sure, but she is getting high by just, like, running through it, because those are poppies, <laughs> and poppies do that to you. And I was like, what? No one explains that scene to me in those terms, and this is, like, a, <laughs> this is a very today I learned moment for me, because I knew that opium, or poppy seeds have opium, like, low levels of opium in them. I did not know I had never connected those dots. I had never put that together until this very moment when you explained (laughs) it to me as your parents. (laughs) Today I taught. Today you learned. I think think that's the scene. It was a long time ago that I saw it, but instantly I was like, oh, that's why this guy wanted to talk to Professor Yoon. Seems like she's interested in some different kinds of science. And she is. She She got a whole puppy garden. Garden of opium. A garden of opium. So he can start his drug war. Man, this show's wild. This is a wild show. We're two episodes in. We're two episodes in. I, yeah, I don't think I'm going to put notes on our Patreon anymore. One, because I don't know if they're that interesting. Two, because I know for this show, they are not that interesting. I have, all my notes have just been like, okay, they're fighting again. Okay, let me see if I can tell who's who. Okay, they're fighting again. (laughs) Okay, so there's a lady with poppies. And, like, that's it. The notes are not there. So (laughs) I'll figure out something else to do for our Patreon subscribers. But just so everyone knows, patreon.com slash playonk. That's where we're at if you want to find out what I'm going to change our prizes. Is that what we call them? Uh, tier bonus well, content? But, yeah, like the the paywall bonus content, like the patronage bonus. I don't know what the term. I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe just content is good. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, change our content. content. Yeah. Yeah. Currently, our main bonus content is just that sometimes we talk, well, every week we talk for an, an extra like 20-ish minutes at the top of every episode and re- we record it. Um, just in case we have dramas to talk about. Sometimes we don't even get, like, other dramas in there. Sometimes it's literally just us, like, talking about our lives. <laughs> Which I don't yeah. know that that's particularly interesting, but maybe people like it. I have no clue. But it's fun for us to do. Yeah. So, patreon.com slash playonk. Get on over there. Yeah. Are, are we doing housekeeping? I think we should. Okay, okay. One thing, sorry, one. (laughs) No, I just wanted to say one last thing that I forgot to ever say to about how the like circumstances under which I watched this show. Um, For some reason, my Hulu app 
where I was watching it was doing a really, really poor job with subtitles. I didn't know what was going on for most of the show. I had to read recaps because, like, the thing is, is that I could see what was happening. I could hear what was happening. I could also read the subtitles. They were all there. All of the subtitles were seven seconds ahead of the actual, like, when someone would start speaking. So if two people were having a conversation, no clue who was saying what. It had to just kind of assume based on context, like, oh, well, is two people uh, talking about ownership of a nightclub and one of them seems like a boss guy and the other seems like he's asking for something. So probably he said this and he said this, but I could not tell you for certain. (laughs) Oh god. <laughs> anyway, it was very it was very messy. So if I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, that's why cuz I don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wanted that little disclaimer somewhere in here. So that's just part of housekeeping. Disclaimer. This week, Raquel only kind of understands what's going on. <laughs> Next week we'll both be totally on top of it. Don't worry, For sure. guys. For sure. Um but yeah, we've talked about our Patreon, so I will talk about our email, just that it exists if you want to reach out to us there, if that's your preferred method of contact and you need to tell us your feelings about what's going on or like make a recommendation or yeah, just, just whatever. It's playonkpodcast at gmail.com. We are, we have a website. It's called playonk.com and you can go there to sign up for our newsletters to get notified when we start a new show. You can find all of our affiliates so that you can support the show while getting yourself something special. And you can find all of our episodes and leave comments directly on them. Yeah, and then we also have uh, just like the rate, review, and subscribe thing, which is the freest way to help us out. It really, really does help us. It helps other K-Drama Podcast listeners find us. Particularly if you give us a five-star rating, it actually hurts us if you give us, like, a one-star <laughs> rating, both emotionally and podcast-wise. <laughs> Don't do that. Five stars, please. And then we also have our social medias, where you can tell us your favorite Korean swear words that you learned on this show. <laughs> That's Instagram at Play on K Podcast, Twitter at Play on K, or tiktok at plan k underscore emily yeah i think that that is everything right so join us next week for the next two episodes of the worst of evil k bye k bye bye bye